and do not necessarily reflect those of station staff, management, and advertisers. JohnSyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. are back with another edition of Sports Insider Radio. It is 1:18. We are ready to rock and roll, guys. And uh Mike, how's the how's the drive over to the golf course as we do the show live? Uh, it's nice and uh comfortable scenery. I, you know, I, it's all back roads, so it's it's very enjoyable. I have a, you know, it's usually Tuesdays and Wednesdays because in our business there's no such thing as off for weekends. So Tuesday and Wednesdays are usually our leisure days, which gives me some, you know. You there, buddy? I guess we're uh, we're going to deal with technical difficulties with Big Mike on the air. Um, can you hear? So are you there? You were fading in and out. You were gone. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, it's a little shaky. We might uh, you might have to like. Hold the phone to your head and take the headset off. I guess uh, you know if if it keeps going. <clears throat> so let's talk about variants, Mike. Is Dave on the line with us, or if not, well, Dave, pop in if you're there. Whenever you come on, if you come on. Um, but Mike, let's talk about variants in the video you just posted and the concept of what I was saying about Dave's hot run last week and the realities of what it takes to be a successful trader in any market, whether it's the stock market crypto market, sports market, so, because they, people want to hear the the real skinny. Well, can you hear me better now? I can hear you. Okay. So, yeah, sorry about that, guys. Like I, I was heading over here to the course, I was saying how Tuesdays and Wednesdays are a little light, so I apologize for the connective connectivity issues. But with variance, look, I mean, everybody has an opinion when they – when they jump on board and they do a program for a week or two weeks and don't see automatic results. And the problem with that is they're not buying a two week package. They're not buying a subscription to follow sharps for two weeks. The reason why we do a much long term, I mean, a lot with a much longer term um, subscription is simply because we know the sample size of a week or two weeks is pointless. Anybody that cares about a week or two weeks, they're short-term traders. They're not really in it for the long haul, even though they might say they are, John. And what happens is it hurts them because 
they become they become gun shy. They start betting more on games when they're down instead of following the money management. They start to overanalyze things and really get emotion in the way. While so it's funny. I had a client who's a professional trader from Arizona, uh, Andrew. Not going to mention his last name. Um, and we had talked this morning, and he says, "Send me the college basketball record." Not asking for anything more than accept the record. And he wasn't asking the record because it's been a losing record over the last couple of weeks. He was just trying to to match it up to his own because he's trying to follow it to the best of his ability. And the first thing he said out of his mouth was, goes, I get it. I'm a trader myself. Variance happens. I know the big run's going to come. But what I could tell you from doing my research is you're closing better on 85% of the games. So just understand that the guy has lost money playing the games, but he's giving us confidence and applauding us for saying, you know what, you're closing better. It's all going to turn. Just like NBA has been very good for the entire season. Unfortunately, bad streaks happen, and it's part of it, but we're not tracking history based on two weeks. We're tracking performance seasonally. So obviously that is an ideal client, obviously is a mature client that understands that losing is part of trading anything. But unfortunately, not everybody could be Andrew, and I have a lot of other clients that don't understand it, and they send me texts like saying, my bankroll's crushed. I don't even know what that means. Crushed, I never, I grew up in high school. I mean, when I went to high school and middle school, when they were teaching me math, John, they never told me what the value of crushed was. So I asked them, what's crushed? Well, you know, orange, I chased a I couple. Think there's a, I think there's an orange crushed soda. But go ahead, I'm listening. Oh, right, right, right. So not to, not to beat a dead horse. I mean, uh, we're honest. Dave is honest. I don't think anybody in this industry would go live on Instagram and show that he's giving out six figures for a loss last week, right? Nobody does that. Everybody claims they have the best game, the biggest game. They don't lose. They're the GOAT, blah, 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 right? But Dave actually went on and said, look, guys, this week wasn't it. And he wasn't really too stressed about it because he knows the work that he put in is solid. The closing number is solid. So at the end of the day, the public is not going to continue to win for a long period of time. We already know that. If you're getting the best of the number, you're obviously going to win in the long run. So most of my guys are trained. They're very good at not even texting me on losing days. They don't, you know, they don't give me the clap emoji when we're winning. It's just they get it. They're in it for a business investment and they're not looking to actually gauge the full perspective of the model until the season concludes. So I hope most of my future clients will be the same. And that's why we go through such a a rigorous verification process to put people on Telegram. There's a bankroll requirement because we don't want guys that are underfunded. You say this all the time to clients, John. We don't want guys that are underfunded joining and then betting above their means and then not having a bankroll after one losing week. Because if you played it correctly between all the sports last week, we were down a minuscule percentage. It's less than 10%. So 
you're talking about less than 10% risk of your bankroll. Most people don't risk 10% of their bankroll, unfortunately. The, the way that the, the psychology of betting goes, somebody might have 500 in their betting account, and they're betting 50% of that every single night, every night. So for somebody to have a drawdown of less than 10% in a single week, nobody's upset about it. I mean, is it well, upsetting just that you lose? Gr- Absolutely. Just, just to correct you, it was 11.2% at 105 odds. But here's, okay. here's the issue. When he, when he goes on Instagram and he shows you know six figures going out the door, the, the, the fundamental flaw in, in the, the, the people watching that video is against what number? That number of six figures is against maybe seven figures. It's a maybe, because again, whatever he lost was the same percentage that we lost on Telegram. So let's just say he lost 10%. So let's say $100,000 went out the door. We're just hypothetic, hypothetically math modeling. Okay, so he had a million dollars and he lost 100,000. Whoopie whoop whoop. So... The bigger issue is, again, like I said, when you look at, I mean, look, we were talking about that uh, Darren Rovell piece. People are just, you know, gluttons for punishment. Somebody bet $1.4 million to win 11400 on the Chargers when they were up 27 nothing or 28 nothing, whatever it was. Can you imagine right, that? Right. Now, on the other side, Jacksonville was 28 to 1 at that exact point. So you were getting like an unfair skewed odds. So think about it. Somebody risked one, I'm going to repeat that for listeners, $1.4 million cash in a legal sports betting app to win 11400 Think of the Got absurdity it. of that, where the guy was, this is a guarantee. This is a lock. If that doesn't cure anybody from the insanity, nothing does. Now, obviously, do we feel bad for the guy that lost the $1.4 million? No, because obviously, if he was playing that kind of money on the game, it was just F you money because the guy didn't care and he's wealthy and it's just about dopamine and action. But, you know, back in 2010, and I, you know, I, as you know, I'm global, not local. Uh, back in 2010, I flew... Uh, to one of the largest betting syndicate groups in, in London at the time. Um, and they were betting on Betfair. And I was watching them in-game live trading. And what these guys were doing in soccer was kind of doing the same thing, but they weren't doing it at halftime. They were doing it with, let's say, three minutes left. So let's, let's say hypothetically, you know, if you're a listener out there and you, you have unlimited money and the sports book is willing to put an odd up or there's a matchmaking service and they're willing to give you something like 5,000 to one odds to, for a team to win a game on the money line. And there's three minutes left in the game. Yeah, I get it completely. You know, you want to lay $1 million to win 5,000 bucks. It sounds like a stupid wager, but not if there's three minutes left and it's a soccer game and the, and the, and the team is up, you know, four, four nil. And there's no way even an extra injury time. I mean, there's always a way, but statistically it's not going to happen. And these guys were making bets like that millions and millions of dollars to make 0.25%, 0. 0.3%, 0.4%. But there was a little time left on the clock, not halftime, 
we've already seen how many crazy things happen in a half of football. So to, for somebody to come marching in and betting 1.4 million right at that moment, when if anything, if you were the real degenerate gambler, you should have been taking the 28 to one. You should have been betting that hundred dollars to win $2,800 on Jacksonville, just on a what if world to me, that's, not a correct bet to make, right? But if you're gonna, if it's the choice between the two bets, do you play the Chargers up 27, 28, nothing, or do you play Jacksonville down for a hundred bucks to get 28? Well, you obviously would, you know, you do the lottery shot. So again, there's a method to the madness. But going back to variance, when you watch these games, and I've said this for years, the bad beat, good beat, uh, you know, uh, nonsense. It's binary. For every bad beat, there's a good beat. For every good beat, there's a bad beat, as I said on my YouTube channel the other day. That is just a matter of what side is the actual client on. And again, from someone that doesn't watch games myself, I don't look at it till after the fact. And we already know over a 1,000 games, 2,000 games, it all plays out itself. I mean, again, the line makers are so sharp, Mike, that right now, you know, NFL – if you bet every NFL side this year on the underdog, you were 148, 120, and nine. So nine games on the closing number. But what you don't realize is while that looks like it's up 21 games, 28 games, excuse me, it's not. It's up 16 games because you have to account for the VIG if you were playing that. And what you notice, like I said, is the line makers, basically 55 is like a high side skew. That was a very rare season where – the NFL sides and the NFL totals were both 55%. 55% on the NFL dogs, 55% on the NFL unders. But as I say, and I said on my YouTube video, you're always on the negative side if you're always only searching for favorites because on every sport at the end of the season, more dogs cover than favorites, even if it's by a small margin. Now, right now in NCAA basketball, it's pretty much 50-50. 1,554 underdogs have covered. 1,475 favorites have covered. So there's a 79-game advantage on over three, almost 3,000 games or over 3,000 games in college basketball completed, but that's only 51%. So, I mean, that's the basically flipping a coin every night. That's how hard it is to beat the spread when you know that the line makers do such a good job where you're talking about 51%, you know, 3,000 games into the basketball season. Well, it, so you to, to segue from what you just said, what's the answer? What's 3,029 games. 3,029 games, sorry. What's, so what, Go ahead. what do you think is the answer? In, in my opinion, the answer is you have to get the best number. It's not like people forget that if you're getting a game at four and a half, minus four and a half, and it goes to minus six and a half by game time, and the team gets blown out and they lose outright, they don't see the work. They're just looking at the outcome. Real traders, real sharps, they see the work. Like Dave over the weekend got mad at himself that he was closing bad on games in the NBA while the game actually won. Think about that. He was upset that the line closed the other way, but he actually still won the game. So he's focused on, is he doing the right work? How does he do the work? The simple version is he looks at screens all day. 
He follows money. He originates his own line with his own power rankings and system that he uses among his guys that he associates with that are all sharps. Because if you, like, for example, you know, he had a theory where on back-to-back nights, um, there was a home edge with a team. He had a theory on people in the NBA with ankle injuries coming off, playing through it. I mean, there's, there's so many different levels of the stuff that I see, that you see from David. That's basically when I, when I start talking to him and he gets real into it, he'll start giving me the, the second, third, fourth layer of why he selected the game outside of the number itself and why he thinks the number is going to move against him. So that's the, that's the hit. I mean, that's the secret sauce that we don't give you the secret. If you want the secret, you got to pay for the mentorship and we get on Zoom calls and we teach you how to find those market edges and you could sit there for a nine to five. There's a client that's hopefully a potential new client that's been, uh, that actually just started following us. He saw Dave on uh, the Spencer Cornelia video. He was very intrigued. He's a very successful parlay MMA better and has done very well in the last couple of years doing it. And I told him, I said, you know what? MMA is the only sport where you're getting true parlay odds. You're not getting true parlay odds in football, basketball, hockey. The only one you're getting true parlay odds is MMA because there's a, it's a two-sided finish which means you're not just picking the, the guy to win, but there's skill to figure out how he is going to win. So if you could predict the outcome based on your fight knowledge, based on knowing how the other opponent and what type of grappling style he has, is, it a, is, is he going to be able to compete with a wrestler? Is he going to be able to compete with a jiu-jitsu guy? So if you could not only predict the winner, but how he wins by submission, by TKO or decision. Now you're getting even boosted parlay odds. And I've known a lot of people in my inner circle, you know, I'm talking about, um, that has done very well with this. And again, this guy isn't expecting to hit a parlay because now they basically have an MMA card almost every weekend. Um, it seems like, um, so he said, look, if I hit one out of every six, weeks i'm grateful because the parlay odds are paying you real even boosted numbers so uh, to go back to my point um the advantage of that guy is he was so interested and wanted to do a deep dive and learn how to do edge betting in professional sports what dave does and how to scale his business because he's the type of client that said look I got laid off. I was a very successful accountant. I got laid off. I have all the time in the world right now. Um, and he was basically not an amateur when I had spoken to him. That's where the, the, the consultation plays a big role. We don't just allow everyone to be mentored by Dave. We've had, we did it in the past. I remember, if you don't remember last uh, April, we had a couple clients that wanted to do it and we didn't do, cause it was so new to us. We never did this type of product before. It was always consultation through Telegram, we realize that it's not for everyone. Somebody might want to do it, but then when it comes down to it, they don't have the daily discipline and time to put in the work, even if they know 
the code of how to actually do it successfully. So from what I read from this guy, John, he was a very good candidate for it. He's going to learn a lot and he's going to make a lot of money doing it because not only is he willing to put in the work, but he's got the necessary bankroll to be able to make real money. He's not starting out with, you know, a couple thousand dollars looking to make, you know, five market edges. So uh, I'm excited let me, let me for this guy to me, get on board. Let me ask you a, uh, a question. So the average guy out there, how happy do you think they would be if they bet 200 games and they went 100 and 100 and just had action at, at the end of a 200-game set? Like most gamblers, they're not going to go 100 and 100 because they, they're not going to have any discipline. But most gamblers, just going 50% is really hard, right? We can agree on that. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the sports books are not in business where you turn on the TV and every single person is, you know, you know, every single commercial is because uh, they expect people to go 50%. People are going to go under 50%. But um, my question to you is, like, what percentage of people you think could just flip a coin and without any variance have an exact 50% at the end of 200 I don't know. games? I, I, I don't know. I, I, if I would be taking a guess, I would be... Um, uh, I would say, well, I got, I'll give you an answer. I think 40% to go 50, 50. So just to give an example, all this hoopla about that Dave having a losing week, all this hoopla in the last 30 days, Dave is 99 and 100 <laughs> getting the best of the number 99 and 100 dead, even basically down juice. So that's, and that's, a, and that's a losing streak for him. Right. So what I'm saying is for all you listeners, when you hear in a very short window, Dave lost last week 10 units or 10%, the reality is, oh, you're going to have months where you basically spin your wheels. There's no profit. And you're, if your loss is big, if your loss is big because you're getting the best of the number, if you're a guy and you can't handle being 99 and 100, this ain't for you. You can get a T-bill for 4.5%. Go put your money in T-bills if, you, if you're going to lose your mind over 99 and 100. I mean, I'm literally looking at it right now. Dave is 54 and 66 in NCAA basketball on 120 games in the last 30 days. And Dave is, on the flip side of that, uh, 45, 34, and 3 in the NBA on 82 picks. So there what happens is his NBA record is supporting the college variance. Obviously, look at the difference in how many NBA games there are versus college because just the nature, there's more college games being played. You have 120 selections versus 82 selections in the same period of time. So think about that. You have 40 more selections. That's like 25% more NCAA basketball games being played just because there's just more games being played. When you play that over a long term of period of time, it, it's as you heard. I mean, you got pushback this morning from Micah. You can tell everybody, the listeners, like we get real. We'll deep dive into the reality of you. You know, you try to take. The, you were tired of listening to some certain people complain and cry, so you tried to, you know, give people a. Uh, a a basket for their for their woes and Micah came back and it was just like dude you're crazy <laughs> so tell everybody what happened this morning 
Well, no, I mean, so uh, being that uh, personally, we don't cut any wagers. I've been doing this too long year round to worry about a two week sample size of anything. Uh, it's, it's meaningless. It's, it's pointless to even talk about, but from a betting standpoint of guys that are new to volume and because I have so many different personalities that I have to manage, I, you know, I try to be, um, you know, as lenient as possible to understanding people's feelings and emotions. And if they're uncomfortable, I said at first, I said, you know what, scale it back for, for a week. Wasn't anything long-term, but just see some performance. Just, to, I don't want people jumping ship because it's, it's typical for a gambler because he's so short-sighted of seeing past performance. He doesn't see that three weeks ago we had we won twenty thousand at a thousand a game, right? So it's like he's forgotten. It's forgotten that for probably out of the last ten weeks we've had two losing weeks and a week. Well, it's three total losing weeks. I'm pretty sure. And two of those were in the last two weeks, right? So they don't remember the past. They only remember what's current. They remember the game that was played last night. They remember blowouts, all of that, but they don't track data. And the guys that do don't care. They're excited when there's losing because they know the winning is going to come behind it because the work is successful. While other guys that are incapable of changing their way. And that's, it's really not their fault. They're, they've been programmed to wager this way and feel this way for decades. It's hard to break a bad habit after you've been doing it for decade after decade. So I try my best to reason with a lot of the people and, and come to a common ground. But after having a group discussion with our, our team, we decided that just stay the course. So, and that's what we do. We're, we're brokering these different syndicates and we're, Dealing with all the client questions, I mean, I couldn't tell you how many texts I get every day when the line is off by half a point, and I have to tell guys to pass, and they, they panic because they feel like they're missing the World Series, or they're missing the Super Bowl if they miss the game. Like, it's not that big of a deal. These are all incremental 1% of your bankroll trade. So, you know, that's our job, because if Dave or any of our other groups like Don or Dominic or Kenny at, at, or even Micah would have to deal with these clients every day, there wouldn't be a business model. The guys would just say, look, if you can't afford to do it and figure it out on your own, we don't need your business. Because these guys, listen, these groups are moving serious money on the games. Now that there's so much more opportunity to get down um, in all these different platforms, I mean, you know it. I don't have to say the number on air. These guys are moving six figures a game all across the networks. So, right. if not more. And, you know, the advantage is now that there's European markets, there's clients doing it all over the world because they're finding out, like, the guys that I get, John, from the Spencer video that don't come through our U.S. marketing, but mostly come through, hey, they did their research on YouTube. They watch this video where if you watch any of Spencer's videos, it's the complete reversal of what he's ever done. In the past, he was he's outing guys that claim that there's a game that they can't lose and they charge these astronomical fees for a one-game scenario. And look, I don't 
I don't hate on anybody, but the sharp guys understand that there is no such thing. So they watch the video, they, they do more research, they start following Dave for months, and then they realize, like, I just got a text while I'm on the air um, on Instagram from a client that's, that's looking to, to join. He goes, man, you guys are the real deal. He goes, I've been watching you guys for a very long time. You're the only people in this industry that I've ever seen that do what I do. He's an arbitrage player currently. Um, and he's like, you're the only people because I know it works myself. I just need more of an edge to find market edges without doing right. arbitrage. So, you know, it's, there's a lot of smart people out there that are catching on and well, like, I you know, for, still, not to, not to, inter- not to interrupt as you know, I'm a futures trader and, uh, I know that's not your thing. And again, I, I don't sell or offer financial advice. That's my disclaimer. But as I'm speaking to you, the market is at the low of the day down 1.7%. And it's interesting because I'm down about 11% this morning of my overall bankroll, kind of like what Dave did last week in, in, um, in a, in a seven day period, I did in about a 30 minute period. And I just stopped out, took my loss. I'm done. I don't care if the market turns around. It's down 42 handles, turns around for all you future traders. You know what that means? If the market turns around and rallies 200 points, I don't care. I'm not upset about it. I'm done. I have in my mind a limit, loss limit of 10% a day that I'm willing to risk if on the, on the stop loss side. And so therefore, I literally just close the computer while I'm on the air, will not look at it again. And in the old days when I was younger, I would come back and I'd say, oh, the market made a late day rally and it went up 300 points. And I, man, I can't believe I missed it. This is what happens when people chase and revenge bet. You know, they, it's the same thing when they chase and revenge bet. It's it, it, The parallels to trading are unbelievable because the difference is trading is actually more of a money. You have to really be disciplined because it's too easy to get in and out in like five seconds versus when you're stuck in, in when you're stuck in a game, you're stuck in a game for four hours. But here I am, like I said, the market getting smashed. The bankroll's not getting smashed. The market's getting smashed. I'm going to step away. For all you listeners, if you want to go long, I'm just joking. You know the market will explode 5,000 points now. But in all seriousness, this is the difference between trading and this is the difference between gambling. This is the difference between prognosticating what games you like. You know, I was listening. As everybody knows, I'm a big, and we can talk about this, I'm a big Howard Stern you listeners, you know, basically I exclusively for all the listeners that I do not listen to sports radio. I listen to nothing but Howard Stern when I'm in my car. So when I'm in my car, I have Howard Stern on. That's it. I don't care if my kids are in the car. Doesn't matter. They're old enough. And he, but he interviewed Stephen A. Smith this morning. I don't know if you listened to it, uh, Mike. And, you know, oh. he like he said, you know, he gets paid to be very brutal. And he, he had this uh, scenario where he was friends with. Kobe, Kobe took issue with something he said and then called him privately off the air and was like, you know, um, you know, did you really actually watch the whole game? And he had to admit that he didn't really watch the whole game play by play, play by play. When you're looking at a sports announcement type thing, which is a different show than we have, and you're a Stephen A. Smith type guy and you're you're trying to rehash, you know, was it smart for 
what's his name to jump over with the, the football before he had it batted back and, you know, Cincinnati ran the other way. That's, that is all what I call sports entertainment. I always say people fill up stadiums for worldwide wrestling. When I view sports gambling as nothing more than sports entertainment, like you would watch wrestling. Everybody knows when they go and watch wrestling that it's fake and they fill out stadiums and it's entertaining. And I look at people that get, uh, into sports wagering for the fun fanfare. It's the worldwide wrestlingization of sports betting. You know, again, I understand it's a business. I understand you have all these guys, you know, smooth doing the Caesars ad and the other guy. And, uh, you know, I mean, every time I turn on the TV, it's just a ridiculous ad. So, but if you watch these commercials from a uh, astute point of view, you realize it's all about entertainment. The guy's, you know, the whole lion roaring every time they're high five. It's like, it's such crazy nonsense. They're really appealing just to that. What I call wrestlingization of sports betting versus I'm looking at a screen right now. Done for the day. Not going to trade anymore. And it's just numbers. When I'm looking at the Don best screen, it's just numbers. When I'm looking at the other odd screens, it's just numbers. So if I have a sports trading screen next to a stock trading screen or a futures trading screen, it's the same information in different markets. So when you step back and you look at it as a market and you're not so emotionally attached to the game, you know, I, for instance, when I, you know, I have clients that are texting me right now as well. I go on YouTube and I give out these very rudimentary statistics. The worst team in the NFL to bet on last year was Tampa Bay. They were four and 15 against the spread. The best team to bet on last year was the Giants 14 and four against the spread. Not knowing what Dave was on and not looking, I said, you know, I, this line looks phony to me. Giants plus, I had no information. The trend just happened to be your friend. If you would have bet against Tampa Bay, same thing. The trend was your friend. If Dave happens to be on the opposite side of both of those trends, again, He's looking at the number. He's not looking at the trends. If Dave was on the radio, it would all be about square, 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 square. So I understand when I'm giving out that free information that the trends have some merit to gambling psychology, but they don't have any really merit to making a wager. If you're somebody that is going to bet on the Giants this weekend because they are the number one team to bet on in the NFL blindly and you win just because you get seven and a half and they lose by seven against the, the, the Eagles, that's not, um, that's not, you're not a wise guy. You're not a sharp. You're just taking a trend that reality doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, 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 the point that you're making is very accurate. And I agree with you, but no matter what we say, because I always differentiate, look, wrestling, you know, it's a kind of like Santa Claus where, you know, when you're a kid, you know, you believe that he's real. And then eventually you, you grow up and you realize that he's, he's not real, but you still understand the principle. That's kind of like wrestling. Similar basis as a kid, you believe, but then eventually it's simply entertainment and it's more of a production with with the with sports and professional sports coming from being an athlete, these guys, I would call it more like gladiators 
guy. You're missing that, my. You're you know, it, with all respect. You're you. I think you. You're missing. My point is the marketing from the legal sports book is what I call worldwide wrestling marketing. It's all about got it. Got it. Okay. Jamie, Jamie Fox stopping his movie recording and great. I won the game and it's, it's feeding into the entertainment part as opposed to the numbers part. That's what I meant. I'm not talking about, well, of course. I understand, but, but, but we all, but we all know these sports books, they don't want sharps. We already right. know well, that. that. We every time you, every time yeah, you, yeah. every time you open, um, if you open uh, a legal sports betting app uh, with the fine print at the bottom, it'll tell you recreational betting only. They don't want sharp money. They don't want Did sharp say moving lo- lo- in. Losers only. Losers only. Losers only. I mean, uh, that's their nice way of saying it. I mean, how many times have I opened an account and I go in there to make a wager and they 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 counter offer the amount to like $75. Like here, we're not going to cancel your account, but we're just going to limit you. So it's, you know, it's, you're always, the house always has the edge, even if statistically in sports betting, if you get the right number, you have a large edge, but if you get the right number and you're actually able, if you get the right number and you're actually able to make the bet, (laughs) right? Right. So, Right. And it's it's fascinating to me that more people just don't care. And but you know it's it comes down to it. Like when I sit and I watch a Monday night football game at a cigar lounge, and every guy around me has a sixteen parlay over under and props. They're not a, like people don't even bet games anymore. They might a little bit, but it's like first to score. And six six leg parlay, you know, uh Tom Brady under two hundred and thirty yards passing, uh one fumble on the Tampa Bay, uh, you know, a kick return like they just they set up these parlays and that's the excitement of watching the game. That is entertainment. But if you're trying to logistically get an edge and make money doing this, you're never gonna bet a parlay with us. You know, we don't we the only thing that I remember even doing is correlated parlays in baseball with the side and, 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 um, and total. So you're, you're going to get a financial edge. If you follow the system precisely, you're not going to get a financial edge. If you just want to be a recreational better doing this for entertainment, that's why they're giving you like that. Um, it was funny on, uh, during the Ravens game on Sunday night, I don't know if you caught this, John, but they they offered a fifty dollar free bet where they gave you fifty dollars as long at any point if the Ravens were up by seven they cashes the ticket at any point in the game they don't have to okay. win well, obviously they didn't get there but they would have actually <laughs> got there on that one play. Had he not fumbled, they would have went up by seven, and and all those people would have. Yeah, so but this like, is. This, yeah, but but this is. Yeah, but I don't. That's just part that's of the game. What they're so offering you. They're just giving. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're just giving it to you pregame because they want people to play. So when you get that email and it says, "Hey, bet on your home team," oh, you get a free bet as long as. So now, as soon as they're on that site, now they're seeing a hundred other opportunities. So I can't fault them for exceptional marketing. But 
What I can fault is the user being naive going into anything. And look, I've done it. I've been there before with crypto. You know that. I've made horrible crypto investments because I didn't do my research and I went on a hunch off a person on TikTok. Now, it wasn't all bad. I mean, we know what I did with, you know, when we had, you know, going to the moon with our Dogecoin, but that was a TikTok fad. I jumped on board and then I took a couple other tips from, and it was like, I was naive to think that that was going to produce a consistent revenue stream for me. And I learned very hard when I say that it's uh, taking a financial loss that it's not that easy. And if you don't do your research and if you're not scanning markets and you're not putting in the work, you're going to end up either getting lucky and, and, and hitting on a big shot, like a long shot, crypto coin or, or losing. So it's like, I hope the sports bettors really understand that you have to do the work. If you're just going to recreationally bet, I mean, you've been doing this for three decades. You know how hard it is to consistently win if you don't have discipline. So I just hope people get it. It's 2023. You guys got to really dig deep if you want to make money doing this. I mean, look, I started this, I started uh, in this office location, as I've said many times, in 1988. So wrap your head around that. Uh, why I while I was still in high school, graduated in 1991. Uh, so, you know, how many years were you in this country when I started working here? So, no, I came here April 2nd, 1991. So did you start oh, wow. before April? I graduated after? high school. No, I grad. I started here in 1988. Oh, 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 yeah. I graduated so, yeah, I high school. I graduated high school June of '91. So got it, so got, it, you, got, it which, got it. But but you but back in the days, look, you know, and you know, my partner, you know, R. R. I. P. Uh, Larry Ducart, the Duke, the famous Duke. You know, we were on TV before ESPN doing you know, it. You you. We're in the marketing world of the hype of the game. You were dealing, everything was, you got to remember, everybody had a credit bookmaker. There was no legal wagering. Everything was about where do you stand at the end of the week? You know, the phones would explode on Sunday night because everybody needed the get out game, you know, the get out game or the Monday night game was the get, depending upon if your week ended on Sunday or Monday, it was a different world back then. You know, it was just a different world, but my, my uh, business partner, employer slash partner, before he passed, um, he was a line maker. He wasn't known for handicapping. He was known for line making. And, you know, he would put up his number. There was no DB screen. He would put up his number and, and, and sharp shops would respect his number. Nah, that line's too low. Nah, that line's too high. I'm looking at seven. You're looking at eight. Nah, 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 it should be nine. You know, and this was like, people don't realize it. You take it for granted if you're a player that you could just turn on uh, the TV or to go to a website and get the odds. Um, you could literally be in a small town in, in, in the Midwest and call one guy and he'd have minus six and call another guy up the street, have minus eight. There was no communicate. There was no like consensus line. It was a, you talk about getting the best of the number. And then you had people that were just playing both sides of that number. And that's how, you know, uh, uh, Mike Levitt, um, as he's no longer with us as well. He was part of the computer group. What people don't realize is, you know, we're in ba I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. You're in Baltimore, Maryland. People don't realize the major betting syndicates were never in Vegas. 
And that's the thing most people don't understand. The Vegas thing is a is a is a is a is a fantasy that if you live in Vegas, you have some type of edge. It is very known and very well factual. The biggest betting syndicates in the world back in the 80s were all run out of Baltimore, Maryland, and New York. East Coast had nothing to do with Las Vegas. Didn't matter. Immaterial. Anybody out there who's young, you can just Google the computer group, the kosher boys. These are all well-known documented betting syndicates that were literally taken to federal court because people thought they were fixing games when they weren't fixing games, Mike. They had in-house computer-generated programmers on a very rudimentary, you know, uh, not high-tech scale beating. People could not understand how these guys were winning because they were making their own number. So... You know, I come from that old, old, old school, even though I don't consider myself old at almost 50, uh, old school world of, of really understanding what a number is and understanding that half of that battle then wasn't getting closing line value. It was just getting the right line. If you lived in Kansas City, Mike, and there was Kansas City Chiefs were playing, that line was going to be a point and a half higher in Kansas City. If you lived in Baltimore and the Baltimore Colts were playing, that line was going to be a point and a half higher in Baltimore. So if you had it, depending upon where you live geographically in 32 cities, you had 32 lines that were pumped up in their respective geographic locations. Different, complete world that we're living in now. If you want to bet on the Ravens here, you know it doesn't matter. You're going to get the same line pretty much as if you're in California. So, yeah, I mean, now that we're toward the end of the show, why don't we go over the games for the weekend? Pretty high numbers across the board, which we expected. Uh, by the uh, way, did you, have... did, you, did you get the sports page this morning? I was going to bring it in for you, the Baltimore Sun. No, I did not. Uh, it says on the cover, why we need to get rid of Lamar. <laughs> so why don't we start there? Because we got 10 minutes left, nine minutes. Uh, you know, they, basically everybody was saying he didn't support the team. He didn't travel. He basically dogged the team after week 12. Um, then he tried to antagonize the team with his Instagram stories as a guy, you know, who, who is, uh, bred in Baltimore yourself, not born and bred, but bred, uh, what's your take on that? To me, it's, uh, you know, the average life cycle well, of, uh, uh, NFL players, three years. I can't blame the guy for trying to get as much as he possibly can, but well, I'll let you uh, pick up with that. Three years is, is a little short. I would say three years, maybe four uh, an average player, but a quarterback usually has a longer shelf life. Um, in general, I obviously with the new age running quarterbacks, it's much different, but look, Lamar gambled to get the same contract that the Sean Watson, um, Murray and, um, Russell Wilson got. And what you saw out of three of those teams were horrible contracts, horrible records. So now that, that fights that's against him going forward. He wanted $250 million guaranteed. He's not going to get that because we won't have any other pieces to put around him if he wants that money, which him missing half a season over the last two years is definitely hurting him. He'll get paid somewhere else. He'll get the money that he wants. It will probably end up franchising him if we bring him back for this upcoming year, which he'll make more money from the franchise tag than he's made his entire rookie contract. Um, potentially trade him for draft picks the following year. There's a couple guys coming out of the draft this year. Hopefully, if we can get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, that'd be great. If we wait another year and we do it the following year, 
I would love to get that kid from USC, Caleb Williams. But again, it all stems down to leadership. Our Roman is an atrocious play caller. He's very predictable. We've been basically, for the last two years, it's been very predictable offense, and we can't really get away with those things anymore. We They stop the run, the game is basically over, and we have to basically make Lamar-ish type plays to create offense. So that's my prediction. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to the Jets. There's already odds out, uh, by the way, um, that the Jets are minus uh, plus 250, I think. But the, but the odds are weird because one site had completely opposite odds where the Ravens were the favorite to keep them. Then it was the Jets, the Falcons, and the last one that I saw was, um, I, I can't come to, uh, Houston, Houston. So those teams have really good high draft picks that we could definitely use. I just hope if we get rid of them that we have enough, you know, t- to get a couple of those first round low picks, which Houston has, which would be great and rebuild with a new offensive play caller today. The Ravens have media day with the coaches. Hopefully they fire Roman. They move on from him. They get a young, sharp, creative mind, kind of like that guy McDaniel from Miami and just try to build a new team. Cause our deep, we have a playoff caliber defense right now. So if it wasn't for a crazy outcome of an individual play, we're playing this week. Now, do I think we would have made some damage in the playoffs? I don't know. But we have that type of defense that could create turnovers and get. So let me stops ask you before we move on. Before we move on to this week to this week's games, if we would have won, if which doesn't matter, do you think Lamar would have played this week, or he was out no matter what? No. Mm-hmm. Nope. So now let's talk about the Giants. I'm going to skip to that game first on Saturday at eight fifteen. Everybody knows. Maybe they're watching my YouTube videos. The Giants can do no wrong against the spread. Um, they're nine seven and one ATS. Uh, I'd be straight up. Excuse me, fourteen and four ATS. The line opened up at seven and a half. It's now been beaten down to seven. Uh, key number and seventy eight percent of all public tickets are on the Giants right now. So it will be interesting wow. to see what happens closer to yeah. Because people know, man, they got their number. Philly I mean, I'm, is I'm up seeing fourteen and, and a half three. right now. What, listen, Philly's fourteen and three, but they're eight and nine ATS. They haven't been covered. I hate judging the games. The team that comes off the bye is always extremely hard because it gets out of the flow, out of that rhythm. Um, it's hurt the Ravens in years past. Uh, if you remember when we hosted Tennessee, I was actually at that game and we got obliterated. Um, so Hertz is coming. He's still banged up. His shoulder's still banged up. Obviously, we'll see what type of offense they're going to produce with him because if he's not a running threat and they're keeping him you know, in the pocket more, that's definitely hurts them. It's tough to beat a team three times in the same season. And the Giants are hot right now. I mean, they, they have a lot of momentum. They have a lot of poise. They're playing a team they've already played twice this year, and they're the healthiest they've been all year. So I love seven and a half here. Um, I'm going to wait to see what Dave does and puts out. I, I don't see him going the other way. I love grabbing the extra half, and if it lands on seven, I mean, that's a lot of points in a divisional game that they've played each other twice. So I love the Giants there. Um, moving to Buffalo, Cincinnati, very tough game. Cincinnati, I mean, everybody's – voting them out and saying, look, they, they look shaky against a backup quarterback at home, but this is where they produce. Joe Burrow is a 
perpetual winner. He does extremely well in the postseason. He's very calm, cool, and collected. And I think they just had a bad game plan last week. They match up better versus Buffalo. So we're going to see that rematch of the the incident game that we never got to see a couple weeks ago. So I like Tennessee. I mean, sorry, I like Cincinnati with the points there. Um, moving to Dallas and San Francisco, it's a rematch. So uh, real, real quick, real year. quick, I, uh, real, real yeah. quick. My personal opinion is Buffalo. If I again, no info, just talking. Um, Buffalo wins by three, advances and doesn't cover. Go ahead. That's my opinion. I can't. Go ahead. I like the rematch of the Dallas. San Francisco game you're talking about last year they played in Dallas, San Francisco one. Now Dallas goes into San Fran. San Fran's a team to beat. I mean, that's the team that I think is going to win the Super Bowl this year. Um, it's not a lot of points. I think they're going to beat Dallas pretty handily. So love Dallas getting blown out by San Fran. And then obviously the last game, Kansas City, Jacksonville. Honestly, don't have an opinion on the game. I think it's. I think Jacksonville has a lot of momentum right now, but can they show up? They got. They only lost by ten points earlier in the season in early November, so we should see. But if I have a close friend of mine that's sitting here going money line Jacksonville, he's all over them. Kind of like our partner in the office that thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl next year. Right. And let me just. Uh... Let me just see here. I never thought I could do this, but we'll do it. Um, let me log in here. Let me log into my legal app from Baltimore, Maryland. It's still surreal every time I do it, to be honest with you. Um, it's it's uh, Since we got two minutes left. And let me see what the updated odds are <clears throat> to win the Super Bowl. Uh, let's go to NFL here. And let's see here. Uh, 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 Big Cal, Big Cal, and uh, just sent us a text. He, what about? He's, what did he say? He said, uh, "I am more afraid of the Eagles." Mm. Well, Cal, we shall see, brother. You know what I mean? So it's it's interesting. I, you know, what are you not? You're not giving Kansas City any uh, love. You don't think they can run it run it against? I don't like it. You don't like it, huh? I'm looking here and I'm seeing where the uh, futures bets that you can make right now. Uh, let's see here. I don't think they're, no, I don't even see them up, but it's interesting right now. Cause I'm looking here. You got eight and a half plus eight and a half on Jacksonville. The money line for your buddy is plus three fifty currently. That is it. So we'll be back next week. Sports inside radio. Have, Have a great a golf one. game. Go shoot Thank under you. 80. Bye. Bye.